Well, welcome to the 4E Podcast. Well, welcome, Micah, to my house. <laughs> hey, Russ, how are you doing? Good. We almost had, for the audience at home, we almost had a, a special guest appearance by your son. Yeah. Uh, my newborn son. Right. Well, newborn. Sorry. Infant. We haven't yeah. differentiate since there's two. I do have two sons now. <laughs> it was one, and now it's two. Now it's two. That's right. My wife was putting down the older one, and he, the baby, didn't want to be put down in his bassinet, so he almost had to hang out with us for a little while. <laughs> would have been hell to edit that out, but I would have done. <laughs> it was just like the constant sucking of the pacifier <laughs> in the background. That would that might just leave in, but his little yeah. little whines here or there might be all. Yeah, I mean, it would have brought the podcast to a halt all the time. <laughs> Luckily. She wrapped up with my older son, who's three, and came in just in time before we were getting ready to start for the for the baby, and is taking care of all of that. So thank you, Sarah, for letting us podcast and navigating the waters that is two children. Nice. Way to go. Yeah. Way to go, Sarah. So we have our holiday episode yeah our uh, holiday slash christmas special extravaganza yeah this is a christmas extravaganza for sure yeah because not only are we reviewing one beer or two beers we're actually reviewing three beers yeah extra large christmas episode (laughs) xxxl yeah christmas review three beers this is unprecedented for the 40 podcast yeah we're just breaking down walls on yeah. this podcast. This is this is insane. We'll, we won't be beholden to the number of beers that we review. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have a little bit of news at the end, but uh, yeah, pretty usual. Yeah. Uh, these are very different beers across the spectrum. Which is also a little different. We try to kind of, we almost go on a theme. Well, on a lot of them. I can't remember what we did for Christmas last year. I think a couple years ago we did the dovetail mm-hmm. holiday bock yeah and the beguile christmas or ale or holiday uh, I ale guess or that was, yeah and those were pretty different yeah they were um, okay those are pretty different beers but that was also during covid so we were yeah we're on zoom for we're that, on zoom we? for that one yeah. yeah yeah i remember like i was zooming in from my phone because i had better audio than, mm-hmm. and i was like on my laptop like looking stuff up at the same time <laughs> So, uh, I don't remember if we did a holiday one last year or not. I, you know, who, I'm sure we did, who, right? Maybe. Um, There's no way to look this up. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but that, all that to say is we have done, I think our holiday ones have been some of the, the ones that have crossed beer genres more so than other ones. But, like, the theme is Christmas. That's right. Yeah. You know. It's the holiday season. See, we had a... Uh, no, you know what? We didn't have one last year. Okay. Well, I'm glad we went back. from Fobab recap on November 23rd to a nice little hiatus until Febu- end of February with uh, interviewing Exit Strategy. It's, it's called a mid-season break. <laughs> okay. Hiatus, mid-season... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mid-season... Is this like a half-season finale also? I guess it's our... Yeah. Or what our fall finale. Fall finale. Thank you. I can yeah. come up with it was our fall finale, and an XXL holiday yeah. extravaganza episode. Mm-hmm. Extra, extra, extra large. That's right. Three extras for three beers. That's what. That's where I came up. Absolutely. With it. Yes. Thank you. In case anyone didn't pick that up, <laughs> I will say uh, 
as well. We I, we did do a holiday one for our first year or two. We did like the phase three. That was a stout, the warmest wishes, I think. And then we did, um, I believe, a IPA from somebody, like a white IPA. Yeah, our first year a New Christmas X, uh, we did New Belgium Accumulation and Snow Day. Okay. And we did phase three's warmest wishes. Okay. Yeah, so we did oh, so we did three beers then. Oh yeah. How about that? Well, let's grab a fourth. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have a fourth no, holiday sorry. one, but we can we can make something. I'll, oh, you know what? I actually I had so I have a sour. If we want to jump that route, no, that's I have okay. a, a sour from Hopewell. Um, I think it's my last one of the four pack. It's called You Filthy Animal. Ooh. I've I heard that one. Yeah, it's terrific for those who like sour. So if you're in the Chicago area, definitely grab that. But it was I I was like, oh, should I? I, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, it's a holiday. It's a it's a holiday beer. And we're gonna do a holiday episode. And I was like, oh wait, Micah hates sour, so I I should just grab this and drink it and enjoy it on my own and not wait for it. Oh yeah, sorry. I was so just as a technicality that year we did three. Yeah, I think we only reviewed two of them. And just drank the other one. Just drank the other one. Yeah, as I'm reading show notes here, okay, uh, I'll just let you be the judge. All right. It says, just in time for Christmas, Russell and Micah reviewed two seasonal Christmas winter beers. So we reviewed oh, two. Reviewed and two. then in parentheses, and drank another. Oh. And then I listed them, the Phase three's beer. Warmest Wishes. I remember that. And two from New Belgium accumulation and snow day so i think we are still breaking ground here okay. by actually reviewing three yeah okay so not to cut you off no that's fine yeah i think i think that's on a technicality we probably have had we've had three beers before haven't we i mean we always have we've had more than two but i don't know if we've actually gone in and reviewed yeah we haven't three. done like a review right yeah i don't think it's we haven't done three <clears throat> reviews this will be the first time we do three reviews yeah so Again, extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> so what's our first one? Or should we talk about what the four E's are? Well, yeah, let's get all the stuff out of the way. <laughs> so what? <laughs> it's all the podcast stuff. The four E's, the E in four E's is uh, the essential elements of beer. So there's four, there's that, four elements, four ingredients yes. that make beer beer. So there's water, mm-hmm. rice, oh, oh crap. I Not rice? <laughs> Not every beer has rice. I don't know where rice came from. Water. Bud Light. Yeah. Water, yeast, yeah. grain, and hops. Yes. And, and not wine. One and, time I said wine, and yes. now I just threw in rice. Right. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Haven't even started drinking yet. Right. And heart, the fifth one. <laughs> okay. It's for the, so their powers can combine into... Into the... Uh, Captain... Rescue Rangers or no, something? Captain Planet, Oh, man. sorry. That one's a little young for me. Just, really? just, yeah, just barely. Yeah, okay. I was aware of its existence. I just, I remember seeing well, it and thinking, that's too young for me. You missed out on all the environmental propaganda of Captain Planet. I'm really into recycling. Okay. But this isn't a recycling podcast. Nor is it a Captain Planet <laughs> podcast. <laughs> is it not? Oh, it man. Be. We could wrong... pivot. We could pivot hard. That... <laughs> no one would see that one coming. <laughs> we just. Next episode, we just do a uh, an, an episode, episode by episode, episode <laughs> breakdown. Right. Of... And actually, it might work out because I've never seen it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen I mean, parts of it, but I've never seen an episode, a whole episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and you have, I have, but I don't remember them. Okay, maybe we don't pivot, but we just start a, a, a another 
channel on our podcast, <laughs> Empire. Okay. One is beer, and one is Captain Planet. Oh, you know, what we, what we do is we start by watching Captain Planet yeah. while we're drinking beer and talking about the episode. Okay? okay. That's, what we, that's how we start. And then, so it's a slower trans. It's, like a, it's not it's a like hard pivot. It's like a crossover pivot. Yeah. episode it's, type. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's not a hard pivot. It's a slow transition into it where we just, like, start there, and then eventually we just, it's all Captain Planet. We're not even drinking beer anymore. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> so we have social <laughs> channels <laughs> at the For You podcast, at the Captain Planet no nope. podcast. Nope, definitely not that one. Okay, uh, I on, should trademark on, that one on, <laughs> on Instagram. Snap that one up before someone else does. <laughs> this is if we had merged, that would be kind of <laughs> some sort of Captain Planet. Yeah. Beer. Anyway, uh, so at the 4E podcast on the gram, and yeah. uh, I guess you kind of dabble in the Twitter, not really. I mean, I have Twitter. I, I mean, is Twitter dying? Is it not? I don't know. I'm, I haven't been on it in a while. Yeah. I'm so. on Twitter a lot on my own personal account. Yeah. So you'd think I should just like switch over to like the beer one, but I never really took the time to cultivate it. Yeah. And at this point, it feels like it's going to die anyway, so It's going to go MySpace. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Either way, if you're on Twitter, sometimes Russ Every posts, once in a while. Especially when there's a new episode. Or no. Possibly. <laughs> so I don't have enough followers to, for it to matter there. Well, if you're not on Instagram, get on Instagram. That's where yeah. you'll see what, what we've reviewed. Mm-hmm. Some of the pictures of, of the beers we're drinking on this podcast, plus whatever Russ is drinking just in the middle of the week. Yeah. Or weekends. Or weekends, yeah. yeah. Between episode drinking. Yes. Oh, yeah, subscribe. Five-star reviews is our, our Yeah, we're on all the platforms. You're obviously listening to us on some platform. But we're on Others. all of them. <laughs> Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Google, Amazon. Yep. Mystery ones that we haven't heard of before. Yep. Yeah, somehow it gets picked up other places. Yeah. So what do we got to review today, <laughs> Three beers. <laughs> XXL. Three, three oh, XL. Yeah. yeah. Three holiday beers. So the first beer we have we're gonna do is from Great Lakes Brewing Company. It is their barrel aged Christmas ale. So they have their Christmas ale that gets released every year, and this is a barrel aged version that I believe they've been doing for the last several years as well. So that is uh, number one. Number two is going to be tend. From Half Acre, it's a, a winter IPA, as they call it. So we'll get to that, and then our last beer, which was surprised today because we talked about the Christmas Ale and Tend as the two that we we're gonna do, and then you're like, hey, I also picked up Minted from uh, Hot Butcher, mm-hmm. and that is a Frango Mint inspired stout. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, so we'll have. Uh, Lots of different beers and flavors going on yes. for this uh, this review, so it should be should be a good time. So the first one is uh, the Great Lakes Barrel Age Christmas Ale, and I have a little information. I don't know if we're looking at the same site. It looks like we are. Yeah, just the Great Lakes website. <laughs> yeah. It says, Barrel Aging is the gift that keeps on giving, so we 
gifted our classic Christmas ale to a set of bourbon barrels, wrapping it with even more jolly holiday flavor. It's 8% ABV, 30 IBUs. It's got Mount Hood hops and Cascade hops and uh, a plethora of malts. Uh, There's also honey, ginger, and cinnamon Mm -hmm. in there, so that's cool. So yeah, we've got a four-pack of 16-ounce cans uh, that I picked up at our local liquor store uh, this morning. Trying to remember what it was. I think it was about fourteen dollars. It was a little in that range. It feels underpriced. Does it? Yeah, twenty four maybe. Was it twenty four dollars? I don't know. You can look that up on their website. I don't remember. Um, so the normal holiday Christmas sale that they have is brewed with honey, cinnamon, and ginger flavors. So it's that Christmas ale that they release every year with those flavors, um, and then they barrel age it into a bourbon barrel. I didn't really see anything about like you know what barrel aid barrels they did they use or anything like that, but I, I did see on Untapped it did it did say that the barrel added um, oak and vanilla flavors on top of those other ones, which the um, the website did not get into. It was twenty five dollars. I was right. Yeah, it was twenty four ninety nine. Sorry, so I was way off. Yeah, by ten dollars. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's take a look at the label here. So it's 16 ounce pint can that we're looking at. And you said it came in a four pack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the can itself has just like this nice, you know, more like a maroon red barrel aged Christmas ale. Um, it's got a little like kind of train car full of ornaments mm-hmm. on it. Um, I think those ornaments you you kind of see on the. Um, the label for the regular Christmas ale, and mm-hmm. it's got a, a snowflake on, on it. Um, yeah, don't have too many other uh, insights into uh, what we have other than just what we'll be talking about ale with spices and honey Asian bourbon barrels. Kind of looks like this like snowflake has like hop buds. On oh it yeah, too, that's good. I didn't see that. Which is kind of neat. And there were a little bit of stars and snowflakes kind of in the background. Yeah. Of the of the label, kind of behind where it says barrel aged Christmas ale. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think there was something on the box. What did it say? A joyous holiday ale brewed with cinnamon, ginger, and honey aged in bourbon barrels. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway. So, so a little bit about Great Lakes Brewing, if you're not familiar with them. They are based in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, founded in 1988 by brothers Patrick and Daniel Conway. And they've been independent for over 30 years and employee-owned since uh, 2018. And they uh, distribute to 14 states in D.C. And they have a lot of great beers that you can find, you know, kind of throughout the Midwest. I, I see them all the time at Vinny's. I've had a few of their other ones. Um, I've had the regular Christmas ale in um, years past and I'm interested to try uh, this one now. They have the Elliot Ness, don't they? Is that them? I believe so. That's one of my favorites from them. Yep, yeah. Elliot Ness. Yeah. Amber Lager. Amber Lager. As, yeah, that's one of that was one of my favorites from Great Lakes. So Yeah, I've had the the Edmund Fitzgerald, their Porter, which is really good, and just some other like great great beers. Like I said, I've had the Christmas Ale and have enjoyed that uh, as well. I haven't had like a ton of their stuff, but I feel like everything I've had I've really liked. I've had the the Dortmunder Gold Lager as well. Which is really good. So yeah, uh, quality brewer and widely distributed and yeah. So yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we open up this beer and uh, see 
How we like it? Well, let's let's go with this one. All right. Sorry, we have a plethora. We have several options of drinking. Yeah, we have three different glasses for the three different beers we're gonna drink, and I think that um, you know, this way since they are very different, we're not really crossing the you know cross contaminating to get different things in there. So it is a nice color, nice port rust. So we're actually sharing one of these 16 ounces because we have so many other beers to get to. And since I think our loyal listeners know I'm not very good at pouring beer, at least during the podcast. Yeah. So I let Russell uh, do his thing so I uh, we could fit it all in both glasses. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that color is like a deep red. It's kind of reminiscent yeah. to the color of the label, I would say. Yeah. That label color is, is pretty pretty similar, especially when you hold up the can next to it. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to kind of take a look for your your purposes as well, trying yeah. to snap a pick for yeah, it's almost exactly for our gram. But yeah, obviously they are trying to match that, uh, I believe. So, um, but great color. Yeah, that's from I'm sure the malt that they use to get that color and obviously they want to get reminiscent of holiday season with a redder mm -hmm. ale to it so let's uh, let's see what we get on the nose here that smells like christmas <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it yeah <laughs> i do get a little bit of the barrel character on the nose not a, not overwhelming but it's it, yeah. that hint is there a little hint of of honey as well but yeah it definitely just has like nice holiday aromas coming out of it as well. So yeah. I wouldn't say the nose is super strong on this. It could be like the glass or the pour or whatever because the head went away pretty quickly for mm -hmm. me on the, on the pour. So yeah. I think it smells great. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. All right. Prost. Prost. Oh, yeah. That barrel <clears throat> comes in strong. Yeah. Yeah. Oaky, vanilla. Mm -hmm. It's weird that like the vanilla... Character from the barrel plays in with the honey really well, so you, you do kind of get this like sweetness hit with it, mm -hmm. and then those spices kind of bring it, warms it up uh, as well. So I like I get barrel and vanilla and honey out the front, and then the spices at the back end. It's 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 a really nice beer. Yeah, yeah, I was I couldn't have put it any better. Uh, I definitely get all the same <laughs> same notes at the same time as as you described. So. It's thicker. I mean, obviously it's a uh, bar it's barrel aged, so it's going to be thicker, but just the way it looks and it poured it didn't look as thick as it feels on the mouth. Yeah, it it definitely drinks heavier than mm. I would expect from this. Although it is almost like it almost has a look of a barley wine, mm. um although it doesn't have the same like viscosity of a barley wine i would say you know thinking back to like straight jacket or some of the other like barrel aged barley wines that are out there like it looks similar but it doesn't really drink that way and like i said the viscosity is completely different yeah i mean i thought the way that it poured it didn't look as heavy mm -hmm. as it as it feels i think that's the that's the barrel that kind of like brings that heft to it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with things that are like more like these ales that are not necessarily brewed for extended aging in a barrel, like I, we didn't really find how long it was yeah, in a barrel, it, right? Yeah. Just said that it is barrel aged, but you know. Who knows uh, how long. Yeah. Who knows how long. I, I, would, I would guess not a significant amount of time, like not like a year. Like they didn't brew it at this time last year to put it in a barrel to have it ready for this year, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I would say maybe, 
couple months at most. Yeah. Um, just to get that that character coming through. But it's really nice. Really good holiday beer. It's, it's more of your after dinner type beer. Like I wouldn't want to drink this more with like a dessert because it drinks a little heavier. I haven't had a Christmas ale this year, but in years past, I felt like that was a beer I could have like leading up to dinner, even through dinner, as opposed to having this, you know, I probably wouldn't want to drink this leading up and through dinner. Yeah, I think that would make me full. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does say on their website it pairs well with glazed ham, mm. which it might, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you want to. I'd probably, I'd probably wait till after the glazed ham. <laughs> I could see. I mean, I can see that with just the fact that it does have those like sweetness to it to get like the sweet glaze on a ham. So mm-hmm. I, I would probably complement each other. And you know, ham is like rich and salty and you have a lot of sweet in here mm-hmm. and you do have like a, a bigger character to kind of cut through a lot of that so i could see i could see that pairing well actually yeah although yeah. like to your point i feel like i would feel pretty full after that right yeah i, I so it says pairs well with glazed ham bread pudding and a warm fireside yeah i'd probably do I'd probably more do of the, the two <laughs> you know the second and third ones yeah. as opposed to ham <laughs> Maybe just the third one. <laughs> yeah, big bread pudding fan. Oh no! I, I, if somebody, I wouldn't go out of my way to find that bread pudding. But if somebody put it in front of me, I'd eat it. I like, I like bread pudding. That's my wife's favorite dessert. She loves bread pudding. Yeah. So I've made I've made a bread pudding before. Uh, so it was a long story. I won't get into it. Well, it's not a bread pudding <laughs> podcast. No, it's not. It's not at all. But it is a very good beer. Yeah, this one I uh, I do like it. I like the smell. Actually, you know, I think it's opening up a little more, at least for me, the on yeah. the nose. Maybe because it's it's also warming for a bit. Yeah. I do have like the other cans we're gonna drink in like my beer fridge to keep those colder. So we weren't sure exactly when we we're gonna start, but this one's been sitting out for a little bit. So I think like you know the can still felt cold. But I think with sitting out and in, into a room temperature glass warms it up from like fridge temperature a little quicker so i think those notes are coming through more on the nose as it warms yeah yeah i'm getting all the the spiciness mm-hmm. it smells delicious Ooh. yeah that cinnamon's starting to come through a lot more on the nose i think mm-hmm. cinnamon a little bit of ginger smell oh man that's great big fan mm-hmm. yeah this is nice glad you were able to to get some i was at when i went to pick up 10 from a half acre at my uh local liquor chain's location <laughs> i guess the location closest to me uh, i was looking for the barrel age christmas sale because i thought i'll just grab it all at once if possible and i didn't see it it wasn't anywhere they had the regular christmas sale uh, the last time i was at i was there i think they had a few left so i was hoping that maybe they or they got like another shipment or something because they definitely had more of the regular christmas sale than the first time i came through so i was hoping maybe they would get some more of this barrel aged out but i didn't see it um, I didn't really have the desire to ask anybody for it e- either. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of get in and get out type yeah. of a thing. So I just picked up 10 and left. So I was happy that you were able to, to score that. So Yeah, I just went online and ordered it. and It did say limited quantities. So I was half expecting to get an email or text saying, oh, we're out. Yeah, I'm not able to fulfill it or something. But like an hour later, I got it. It's like ready to pick up. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess they have it. Perfect. Score. So uh, I know you're more price conscious, and this is you know twenty five dollars for the four pack. How does that? How would that factor in for you getting it in future years? 
Um, I probably won't get it in future years, and it's not because obviously it's not because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I think it is a little on the high side just for me because I am a little more price conscious. I might get it again, maybe in a couple of years type thing. It's not maybe not even an every year splurge, but yeah, every two three years. Yeah, maybe. I'll be like I'll see it and I'll remember. Oh yeah, that was really good. And yeah, eh, I'll get it. You know, hmm. yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I thought twenty five was a little a little high, but. I th- I'm not saying it's not worth it, though. I think it matches what's in the can, mm-hmm. you know, like as far as uh, the quality and what it tastes like. I think it's probably, I'm not saying it's overpriced, but it's it's beyond a, probably what I would normally go out and get if we weren't on this podcast. Yeah. I thought about that, too, because I remembered, like, I did remember seeing it around that price point, And I was like, man, that, that I think that was a little high for me to, like, want to jump on it. I think if it was, like, 20 I would have, but you know, obviously the you know they have to price it right for what they make, right? You know what it costs to make and and all that. And and I, I'm not one who shies away from paying a premium for beers. Like I, you know, I did did my whole chasing of Bourbon County this year as I always do, and those are always <laughs> premium beers at a premium price, right? And you know, getting other barrel aged beers as well that I've been picking up throughout barrel aged season as <laughs> we're in the middle of. Of it, and we'll definitely be picking up more as the season continues on, because uh, this year's straight jacket, I didn't go to the release, so I have to get some at some point. So I'm just <laughs> not gonna not get it, and that's around the same price point. So all I have to say is like that price point doesn't necessarily bother me, but I think just like not knowing how this beer is, um, and not having the barrel aged version before, I think I would hesitate to just grab it without having had it before but now that i have it i i think i would be more open to getting it you know every year maybe maybe every other year type of things yeah yeah not an every year thing maybe maybe in 2024 i'll get another so yeah i think i i think i initially was just obviously pulled a number out of my ass when i Mm -hmm. said 14 (laughs) bucks and i think maybe that's what i was hoping it was (laughs) yeah we saw the four, right? Yeah. This is twenty four ninety nine. So you're like, you remember the four? Like, it's something four. Yeah, I'm gonna just say fourteen. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just say it with conviction. Yeah, and then you called me on it. Like, I think it's more than that. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, we want to be true to our listeners no, here. Yeah. They've come to expect a certain level from us. Yeah, we're professionals. We're not, no, we're not professionals. No, no not professionals. No. We're gonna for be. all legal. <laughs> purposes we are not professionals this is a hobby but we're media members right and we want to be uh have people have trust in the media yes but for all legal reasons we are not professionals sorry yeah yet yeah so not not professionals not professionals amateurs <laughs> amateurs amateur media members yeah at some point maybe we'll turn the corner we'll cross that bridge yeah at some point maybe all right let's wrap up this one we have two more beers to get to any final thoughts on it i liked it a lot it definitely brought me some holiday christmas cheer and uh yeah it's delicious the last sip was really heavy on the ginger for me i don't know if it just like didn't maybe it was like a compounding thing but i didn't get a ton of ginger throughout as i was drinking it but you know it was almost a room temperature because i I also held it in my hand the whole time to bring it warmer as we were drinking Mm-hmm. I think maybe just getting it to that temperature, taking a little, a little bigger of a sip at the end to, just to kill what was in my glass, 
that definitely got a lot more ginger. Still really good. And I would say I hit all of the flavors that I was supposed to hit with that. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, I think my last sip too was a little heavy on the ginger, but yeah. I think it just has it warmed. I think that's where we're at. Yeah. Should we go to beer two? Let's do it. So what's our second beer? So our second beer of the extra, extra, extra large Christmas extravaganza. Special. Holiday special. Uh, is Tend from Half Acre. It is a winter IPA. So uh, we have talked about Half Acre on our podcast in the past. So we're not going to get into a ton of background on them. Kind of briefly started in 2007 and they're located in in Chicago on on the north side. Do a lot of really great beers. We did Daisy Cutter and a double daisy cutter? Double daisy cutter. Sa- fully yeah. saturated double daisy cutter? Yes. There's a, there was a word saturated in there. so That's right. Um, so we did kind of those side by side. We talked about Half Acre quite a bit on, the, on that episode. So if you want to get more of our deep dive into Half Acre, you can check that out. Uh, but we will be drinking today Tend. It's their winter IPA. So it's Tend with a D at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first several times I heard you this morning or earlier today when I came, it's like 10. What's 10? I was like, oh, tend. So, yeah. Just so we pick up on the nuance. Yes, tend. With the D. Yeah. Yeah, with the D. Totally on me, but I figured if if I heard it that way once, maybe other people did. Not to steal your thunder, so go ahead. (laughs) Or make you feel self-conscious as you say it again. Tend is... uh, (laughs) Uh, they're in winter IPA. There's a whole a whole huge paragraph about it on the Half Acre website. I'm just going to kind of skip into the middle here. It says, Intend a range of specialty malts tilt us into a caramel baked and toasted bread landscape. Cord wood, simmering soups, wind-licked skin, some of our favorite hops, Mosaic and, and Simcoe, bake in the notes of pine and orange, berry marmalade, Norway spruce, dense outdoor soundscapes, only heavy with snow can uh, can provide and fractalize horizons sliced up by naked trees. Weighty winter IPA brewed for wood, smoke, and fire to lift your mind out over the dim, long, cold. Wow. And that was only half of it. No, it was just half of it. <laughs> that was quite wordy, but wind-licked and naked in the mm-hmm. same uh, little couple of sentences is fun. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's a IPA that's meant to be enjoyed in the outdoors of winter. It seems. Yeah. If you kind of get into the full narrative narrative that they're providing, <laughs> it's 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 an interesting narrative. Like you, we can, it's all on their website if you want to check it out and read through on your own. But it is an interesting explanation and that they decided to throw out for us here. Let's talk about the can, can art really can. quick. So what, it's a 16-ounce can, mm-hmm. predominantly white with some black and touches of, is that orange or red? Sort of a reddish-orange highlights. So uh, it's mostly like a landscape. Looks like maybe, is this supposed to be a fire? Smoke from a fire? Yeah. Okay. So you're tending a fire. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you have like the like bright orange fire okay. in the corner 
and then the little yeah white. like it's a black background and then the white is the supposed smoke, to be like the smoke coming okay. through and, and then you have the tree, tree line tree lines with like the sun, sun going setting. down yeah yeah i think the sun's setting okay t- oh yeah tending a fire i was looking at this before i'm like is this like a a river <laughs> that's going on here but yeah okay i'm seeing i'm seeing it being a fire and tending yeah to a fire tending to a fire yeah and it's got the you know the normal on this side, the normal half-acre owl thing with yeah. tentacles. So, 6.8% ABV. We don't have a ton of other info on, on the can other than, you know, what we said. But uh, it's really interesting can art. I think, like, this kind of basic with, like, you know, basic kind of color is pretty in line with how they, you know... It looks like a half-acre can is mm-hmm. what I'm trying yeah, to... Yeah, it's on brand to, for them. Yeah, it's really on brand. Um, it's just, like, that different picture... Um, but it really, it, you know, it really screams half acre in terms of what it looks like, especially if you compare it to like, you know, what Daisy Cutter the, the can looks like. Yeah. Obviously, the artwork's a little different, but it just feels the same. Yeah, they're uh, they're singing from the same uh, choir book. Yeah. Well, let's open it up and uh, take a look. All right. Yeah, pour slow. I am pouring slow. You you went real fast there at the beginning. I swear, don't pour like this at home. I don't know why. You can get the whole damn thing in there. You? Pretty close. <laughs> I got a little bit left. I have a lot ahead. Yeah. Pretty typical for you, actually. Let's see. You smell that. Hmm. I hate to say it, but it almost smells like a... Like a high school locker. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like not... Like a gym locker. That's not ideal. I don't know. I also, like... Have some. I sneezed earlier, so my no, jeez, you know. Well, let's talk about the color real quick. Yeah. As well, it is like a, you know, a deep caramel color. I would say. Mm-hmm. So when they're talking about like the caramel aspect to it, so it is. It is a, a nice color for more, you know, traditional American IPA. Not definitely not a hazy. Probably not. Probably it's probably more multi to multi be like a West Coast style. So it's. In, I would expect expect it to be a little more in line with like traditional American style IPAs. Sure. I think like Two Hearted as opposed to you know your more West Coasty hot forward ones. But all right. Roast. Roast. Hmm. And some hoppy goodness. I like it. It tastes better than a gym locker. It does not smell like a gym locker to me. <laughs> What do you get on the nose? I don't really get much of anything on the nose, actually. I probably poured a little too light because I didn't get much of a much of a head. So let me just kind of pour the rest in. Maybe because I had such a big head, it kind of yeah exacerbated the. Smell. Yeah, I mean, I kind of don't really get anything aside from like normal what I'm expecting, like a normal IPA to smell like. There's not a huge aroma. Yeah, now I can't smell anything. So scratch the gym locker comment. Mm. That's a nice beer, though. It is. It's kind of a quick hitter, like it doesn't linger, it finishes dry. Mm. I'm, getting a, I'm getting a little bit more of the like lingering maltiness on the back, on the back end. There is a little bit more of a breadiness to it uh, as I take a few more sips than I would probably get from like a reg- like what I would expect from an IPA. It's not bready like some lagers can be really bready or um, like like a lot of like box are like really bready and you know some English style pale ales and that those can be like really bready and and that it's not it's not like that still but there is there is that little bit of a component to it i would say 
But yeah, just a little bit of that, that hot bitterness. It's nice, it's a really nice drinking IPA. Um, but yeah, I don't get a ton of complexity here. Like, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. And I would drink it, you know, all winter long. I feel like, you know, they use Mosaic and, and Simcoe, and I feel like those are really, those are hops that really come through a lot. Like, Mosaic really gives you, like, a lot of, like, fruity and floral notes and they talked about notes of pine and orange berry marmalade spruce you know i don't get like a lot of those i mean i get like some of that like pineiness from a traditional ipa that you would expect but it's not like doesn't hit you i don't get a ton of like the fruitiness that i would expect from like uh from a, a mosaic because when i think of mosaic i think of like fruity and floral mm-hmm. and i don't really get a ton of that. And what are your thoughts on... I'm getting the caramely, uh toasted bread kind of yeah. word they're talking about, but yeah, I'm not getting... I'm, I'm maybe getting a touch of pine, but not much. Maybe Def- a little pine. Definitely not orange or berry mar- marmalade yeah. flavoring. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe didn't drink enough water in between yeah. our first two, but kind of thought I was pretty clean palated. Yeah, so for the first time in our podcast history, we have pretzels to clear our palates too right yeah so like we did we did have something like to clear i had like two or three and then drank a sip of water uh in between because these are i feel like these are so different of beers that we wanted i wanted to have a fresh palate coming through but i like it i feel like i was expecting maybe more from the description than what i'm getting yeah uh it's not something it's not to the point that I wouldn't go after it again next year when it comes out. Like, mm-hmm. I'd probably buy it again next year, but I don't uh, necessarily think that, like, it's not, like I said, it's just not what I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, I like it. I mean, I didn't know what it was supposed to be other than the, the last, separate, you know, few minutes that we were reading about yeah. it. I like it. I would get it again. I mean, I don't know what the price is, wise, but I, I like it a lot. Yeah, so it is eleven ninety nine. For the four pack, drop my phone in the middle of saying that. Uh, it was eleven ninety nine for the four pack of sixteen ounce cans. So priced well, priced in line with a lot of other half acre beers. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're not paying a huge premium. But I don't think this is necessarily like it's a seasonal product. But I don't think it's like a premium product. Like the Brillage Christmas Ale is a premium product. So yeah, you're paying a premium price. Sure, this isn't like premium so you, i don't know if i would spend you know more than the 12 to 13 dollars that you'll find it for mm-hmm. on it but like i think it's priced properly for what you're getting yeah i agree also this is called a winter ipa it makes me think it'll be you know out for the next couple of months at least right or is uh, this strictly gonna be kind of christmas time? i think it's like this time of year i I saw something that made me want to run out and get it to make sure I got it. That yeah. like they that like Half Acre said like you know what's been brewed is oh, okay, out there, it. so they're yeah. they're not brewing it anymore. Okay, so I mean I don't know how much they did that's like sitting in their warehouse or whatever, waiting to get distroed out or what has been distroed out um, through their you know their, their partners to get places. So you know I, I'm not. 100% sure on that aspect sure. of it. But I did see, you know, what's out there is is out there. So, like, if you like it, make grab sure, it yeah. and make sure you get it before it's gone. Okay. Because it'll be gone, you know. So it's not going to go through the whole, like, into January, February, probably. 
Oh. You might still see it in January for like some of the holdovers, mm-hmm. um, but like they're not brewing more of it. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> well, I think that's that's pretty true of like a lot of winter seasonals. I think they pop up like around this end of November, end of November to gear up, and then they're brewing things for the spring. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's like that's the whole calendar management yeah. that we. We don't really know about as consumers and like what goes into yeah into they're that, but probably brewing this and the Christmas ale in like August, right? Right. <laughs> Just like, well, and then if it's bourbon, bourbon barrel aged, then maybe yeah, maybe it's earlier. I mean, just think about like you know, like lagering. If they're gonna get, if they're gonna make an Oktoberfest to be released in August, September, mm-hmm. they're they're brewing that in like March right to you know do the fermenting that yeah. needs to go through that's true March or April or something that's how far ahead of time they have to yeah they they need on those well lagers are also slower the cold from fermentation cold from, yeah. so that it's a slower process than ales which is a faster process obviously yeah I'm getting a little more of a aftertaste as it's warmed up a little bit. Yeah. I like it. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's um, maybe more of that piney. Yeah, there's definitely more, more of that. More traditional IPA yeah. piney taste. There's like something it. else There's something else there that um, as it's warmed a bit and coming up to more of a room temperature that I'm not identifying as much, but I think that's probably going to be more of like the orange aspect yeah. is what I'm kind of leaning. Because it, it, it does almost taste like kind of like citrusy you know like how mm-hmm. if you've ever like accidentally like bitten into like the rind of an orange or citrus fruit and it's like bitter but like really citrusy too I, i'm kind of getting some of that okay. as it's warming sure if that makes sense to anybody if you ever <laughs> bit into a rind of an orange right um <laughs> let's go get one right now and compare <laughs> we have some cuties we don't have we don't have full oranges we just have some of the little cutie clementines i feel like those are a little more kid-friendly yeah for three-year-olds yeah those are a staple in our house yeah they're just fun to peel i mean they peel so easy yeah you know like take it all off in one and that's always the challenge is like how many how few yeah pieces pieces can i get yeah yeah this is not a cuties podcast (laughs) no it's not it's it's not a fruit peeling podcast (laughs) i don't even know where you're going i don't know either my mouth just started moving yeah. And words started coming out. I have a question that's unrelated to this beer, unless okay. you have one. I, go for it. I don't think we spoke. I've seen you since, but I don't think we talked about Prop Day. You went to Prop Day? Yes. Yeah, this was a few weeks ago. Yeah. But how was it? It was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, if we want to take that digression before <laughs> jumping into anything, but uh, yeah. Well, just, I, I'm just, just looking how much beer you have left in that's your glass and how much I have. I mean... And I feel like we could vamp a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we could we could jump uh, jump around to something else if you want to... We can come, we'll thing. come back and yeah. talk about the beer. Yeah. Uh, so Prop Day was a lot of fun. Um, I did not go, like... Did not try to get media passes for us or anything like that. I was lucky enough to win the the lottery that they had running for it. They had like two options. One was like a single pass, and one was like a you know for you plus a guess. So I just entered the one for the plus one and was able to to win that. So I took my friend Andrew, who's not a loyal listener. He's I hope he listens to this one so he can hear me call him out as not a loyal listener. 
Come on, Andrew. Every episode. Because he's listened to it. He's listened to several, but not. I don't think he does every. He's probably going to be like, I listen to every. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know Andrew, not as yeah. well as you, obviously. Yeah. But come on, man. Yeah. Every episode. I expect it. So. But anyway, so I, I went with him. Uh, there's two sessions for prop day one, like, 10 to 2, and then one 3 to 7. And so we were in the later session, the, the 3 to 7. The advantage to that was that people were like sharing their experience from the early session, so we were kind of planning how we wanted to like navigate it because they had like some. They obviously had the entire Bourbon County lineup from this year, but they also had some other special things going on. And this was at the Goose. Fulton? It was at the yeah yeah the Fulton uh, Street yeah um, location. So they closed down a couple of blocks mm-hmm. um, around their area. And everything's outdoor. So it was when we had that cold wave in like mid-November. Yeah. So it was cold and um, so we're outdoors. But, you know, you're outdoors drinking barrel-aged stouts. You, you warm up or you don't feel the cold anymore. Right. Yeah. More accurate. <laughs> so you went, the entry was like you got, there were four beers, two two of this year's prop, the 30th anniversary uh, stout that... That they brewed, and then the barley wine, the special barley wine that they had was in the box. Mm-hmm. And then you got like six drink tokens to use throughout the festival. But we had done like our research and what people were saying, and they had a couple of special things as well. One was like a, a, like a mystery pole. It was like 10 extra dollars, and you like, they gave you like this giant fake coin to put into a slot, and then you would get like a vintage. Bourbon County bottle out oh, at yeah. random. Sure, yeah. And they had some really good ones. Like they had like 2010 rare. So wow. like, like really, really, uh, which they only had like one of those that they were giving Sure. Out. But they had a, um, the 2019 double barrel, which was a great beer. Uh, and a few other like special ones like birthday. And, and then all the way kind of down to like Kentucky Fog that they released a couple years ago, which was the Black Tea or the... Um, the Midnight Orange. So, like, they had a lot of, like, really high-end ones and then some variants that were just kind of, like, leftovers. Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, you just yeah paid $10 and, and got what you got. But I... You did had, that? Yeah, we did that first. Yeah. We we'd heard that people stood in line in that for, like, two or three hours. Wow. Of the four hours. It was, like, two hours of the four-hour thing. They were just stuck in line. Wow. So we, we ran there first and spent, like, half hour in line to, to do <laughs> wow. it. Yeah, but we, you know, there's two of us who were running out to get beers in, sure. in between. Um, Gotta stay warm. Yeah, so we were able to, you know, I lucky I got a 2018 vanilla, um, which I was really happy to okay. get. I was bummed at first that it wasn't one of the special box ones, because mm. I was like, oh no, if it's not a special box one, it might be like the Kentucky Fog, which I don't want the one made with tea. Yeah. It's just not my flavor profile, but sure. I saw it was vanilla and got like really excited that i really like the vanilla from i think 2018 so nice happy for that and then andrew was able to get the birthday which was in old forester birthday bourbon barrels from mm-hmm. that they released in 2020 i think so i was really good so we both got like pretty good pulls nice um so it was fun they had a mystery line which didn't cost you a token but you didn't know what you were getting so you just like went in line and like they would just like put out a little cup for you and you'd take it and 
You didn't know what you got? Didn't know what you got. So we were just trying to guess. And we were pretty close. Um, we stayed long enough to like to shut the thing down. And the guy that was pouring, he came out. And so we like asked him when he was pouring. And he kind of went through the whole list of things and we're like oh yeah that we definitely got that one and uh and that was so it was a lot of fun it was it was set up kind of weird they had the goose island train car like l car oh like at fobab yeah like they have at fobab and all their events yeah um it wasn't on the main street it was like uh around the block at like the corner hmm. it's hard to, to like describe without like seeing the map but it wasn't like front and center and that was where they were pouring prop Mm-hmm. And you would think that they would want to pour prop like front and center and everything. Yeah. But it was like kind of, like I said, off in a different section. So and that was the only place you could get the prop. So it was weird to have it there. I think they were expecting like maybe they wanted it there to like for line control because uh-huh. maybe they were expecting big lines, but like that line was never that big. Hmm. I think it's because this year's prop wasn't not super exciting yeah, to people. So did you like it? Uh, I liked the pour I had, which was about a three or four ounce pour that mm-hmm. they were giving. I don't know if I, like, I, I can't, I don't think I can do a whole bottle myself. Uh, I'd be interested to see, because uh, it seems like out of the bottle, people are liking it more. Mm. Um, I liked it. I was surprised at how well it worked. But the one that I got was really pineapple forward. Hmm. And I just, like, I wanted something to kind of balance the pineapple in there. Yeah, but uh, we didn't. We did not end up tasting every of this year's lineup <laughs> because they had like a vintage area that they were pouring. So you're spending your tokens. Yeah, on we're the pouring. Vintage. Yeah, they were, they were pouring Prop 14, which it was Andrew's favorite beer ever, and it, it was tasting terrific. So mm-hmm. we're just like, let's just. We were down to one token each, and we were going to do like the Sir Isaac's and the Biscotti and, and Chair. and we're like, well, or we can just get Prop 14 again. <laughs> so we did that instead. So which ones of this year did you like the most? Um, so the barley wine, the 30th anniversary, um, just original and coffee, mm-hmm. like the kind of the ones that I I you thought you were gonna like. Yeah, I would I'd probably rank them like barley wine, 30th, original, and then coffee, like in that order, top to bottom. Yeah, top to bottom. Oh, okay. And those are the ones that like I would go and buy more of, mm-hmm. and did go buy more of. Yeah. So, but it, it was a fun event. It's always a fun event. There's a lot of you know. You just kind of hang out, talk to people while you're waiting in line for the beers. You know, we were, we chatted with a whole bunch of people as we were going through like the, the mystery line. We were, we were talking to people from like Michigan and Indiana that kind of came in just for the event, and talked to a few uh, guys towards the end of the night that live in Chicago now, but are originally from Brazil. So we're just kind of chatting with them about their experiences and that. So it was a lot of fun. Run into anybody you know? No, okay, did not unfortunately. <laughs> Josh so, Noel wasn't there? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I don't think they invite him anymore. Yeah, I don't think he went to Prop Date. I mean, he did a review of all of the all of this year's lineup. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he don't got think, to go in any event. I don't think they... Uh, they, could, they probably have a sign, you know, with his face on it. Like, don't let this guy in. <laughs> yeah. But it was a fun event. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted... Like, it was a lot of... It, it was pricey to to get in for what was it? Um, it was like one seventy five or something Ooh. per ticket. Wow! And then like with after like taxes and the fees for all that, it was about two hundred. Wow! Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it was it was pricey. I mean, Fobab was. I mean, for us it was free. Yeah, obviously, but it's eighty five. It's like eighty five, and with I don't know what fees are, but yeah, ninety maybe. I mean, it's like half the price, right? And you right. Get to drink more you don't you're not limited to 
tokens. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, because the mystery wasn't charging tokens, we, like, hit that pretty hard. Oh, okay. So we, like, we definitely got our money's worth. Yeah. By I guess you that. do come home with some bottles, too. Yeah. I don't know. Still, it just seems... I don't know. I, I would say because we didn't pay for Fobab, we got in as media members, like, we got, you know, the invitation to, to join and cover, like... I didn't feel bad about then paying for Prop Day. I don't. Sure. I think if I was paying for Fobab, I wouldn't have gone to. Wouldn't have tried to go to Prop Day because of the price. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was that was kind of like the deciding factor. Was like, well, I saved money for Fobab, um, so I'm not going to spend that. Yeah. And also, yeah, like I wasn't super excited for Prop, but it, like it guaranteed me. The barley wine and the 30th anniversary, which I really wanted. So, and I got a bottle of each of that. So, like, I didn't know if I would be able to run out on Black Friday morning to try to get variants or whatever. So, to know that I for sure got the ones that I wanted. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, to me that was worth it. I ended up being able to get out, you know, first thing Friday and get a second of both of those and some some of the coffee. But um, but yeah, it was it was fun. Cool. And you have hardly drank because you had me talking. <laughs> so I need to go on a, a soliloquy here about who knows what. We can we can move on to the next one. You should just I'll drink, chug it. <laughs> I'll drink I'll drink through this. I'm not gonna chug it. <laughs> I'll drink through this, and we can, like I said, I can have this next to me as we drink the <laughs> the last one of of our extravaganza. X, X, XL yeah. Christmas episode extravaganza. Yeah, of the extravaganza as we get to the last one. And then, because we have beer news too, so this will carry me through. That's true. Well, let's do final thoughts on Half Acre Tend, and then we'll go to our, our last beer of the night. Yeah, well, I let the little bit warm up, so yeah. let me take a little... Yeah, I might be getting a little bit. I mean, just a slight hair of. It's a little fruitier. It's a little fruitier now, but it's not. I'm just not getting much, and that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I like the beer. I'm just trying to look for what they're they're telling us. Telling us to look for. Yeah. If I didn't wasn't reading or listening to your description, I was like, "This is a really good IPA." Yeah, I like it. It's a little. I don't know. I guess I'm not really sure what makes it winter. I guess it's a little. It's a little breadier. A little breadier, a little, so... A little more caramely. Yeah. yeah, I think whatever malt they use to get to the those kind of, like, you know, bready, caramely notes in there, probably what is why they call it their winter. It probably is good next to a fire. <laughs> it's, you know, most IPAs, I feel like, aren't really, like, fireside beers, but no. this is an IPA that leans more towards that, I would yeah, say. You, yeah, I'd drink this next to a fire, or... Even out uh, outside next to a fire pit or something. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. I'm getting a little bit more of the fruit. I'm, I'm not seeing what they were what they were talking about with the berry marmalade and orange, but it is a little more fruity as it as it warms for me. Yeah, good job, Half Acre. They they just opened. Uh, did they just open their tap room or is that? No, so their background is they started at their original location on oh, Lincoln I'm thinking, Ave. I'm thinking of Hot Butcher. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and sorry. they sold the Lincoln Ave original location to, to Hot Butcher. That's right. And uh, they uh, opened on Belmoral Ave, their big right. production facility. Right. And um, so everything is kind of going through production area. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of 
Yeah, I was like, well, that's a good. Half a- speaking of transitions, yeah, speaking of transitions, Half Acre did sell the Lincoln Lincoln Ave. Yes. Uh, location uh, production tap room location to Hot Butcher, which is the producer of our next beer called Minted. Yes. So our final beer review of the night is minted from hot butcher for the world it is a frango mint inspired it says holiday imperial stout brewed with chocolate and frango mint oil since we're on the subject of them moving into half acres original location Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about hot butcher and their their background and all of that so the full name is hot butcher for the world for the world most people just shorten it to hot butcher but the the name is uh, comes from a Carl Sandburg poem about Chicago, hmm. uh, in which he dubs them the Hog Butcher for the world. Uh, Back from the Chicago Stockyard days, right. when everything came in, uh, you know, via rail to Chicago, and they slaughtered all the hogs. So they were the Hog Butcher for the world. Huh. Um, so it's it's that that so uh, on the Hot Pictures website they say in in his poem Chicago Carl Sandburg refers to the to this great city as hog butcher for the world and though the literal meaning behind that moniker has faded since the closing of the Union Stockyards in 1971 it embodies and inspires who we are and the beers we brew in three meaningful ways and it talks about you know they love hops um, the butcher portion is more of a really skilled butcher knows how to get you the choice cuts right and so they kind of use that more as like the skill and the craftsmanship to bring out those those hop flavors and then finally they say the most people call them just hop butcher but the for the world is important and meaningful element of our name as the ingredients that they use um, are inspired from all parts of the world not just chicago so that's kind of there's a lot more in their description on the about us but that's kind of the gist of of that i think it's uh, interesting to note too that they started in 2014 originally were called the south loop brewing company mm-hmm. but there was some issue with like the naming rights and trademarking and so they uh, in 2016 changed the name to hot butcher for the world hmm. And they were brewing out of different locations there, I think at Miskatonic for a long time. And did self, they brew out of there and did self-distro. And then uh, in 2021, I believe it was when they bought the original location of Half Acre as to have like their own home. And they also bought um, down in Bedford Park, Illinois, the Five Rabbit facility, formerly Five Rabbit facility, and have like a... a bigger production uh brewing as well so they they like went from you know brewing out of somebody else's house to having two locations <laughs> yeah. uh, within like a year so yeah. so really uh interesting and good for them to be able to you know make these kind of big jumps out and and do all the all the necessary things to uh to grow from there so that's kind of background on hot butcher uh, let's talk about the beer What's called minted. Minted. So I believe this beer came out for the first time last Christmas. Is that? Yeah, last year. And there was an article from our uh, future friend of the show, Josh Noel, from 2021 in the Tribune, which has, I think, a lot more information about it than the actual Hot Butcher website, mm-hmm. which has, it was very sparse. 
Right. It just basically has what's on the label on your <laughs> yeah. website. It kind of went in a little bit to the background of how Hot Butcher reached out to the owner of the Frango brand, which is actually, funny enough, Garrett Brands, which... Um, Garrett's couple, Popcorn. Garrett's Popcorn. And then what was like a couple episodes ago, we had the Garrett's Popcorn yeah, the Garrett's Revolution. Popcorn. Yeah, beer. Revolution Brown Ale. Yeah. So... Uh, Hot Butcher kind of reached out to Garrett Brands, asked about, hey, can we get together and make a Frango-inspired beer? And the director of the of the company was like, uh, yeah, I don't think at any point it was a no. We were right. just like, how can we make this happen? Right. So it's kind of interesting. Um, they, they decided, obviously, like, whereas the Revolution pop, you know, Garrett's popcorn was actually made with, I think, some popcorn, right? Did yeah, they-, they threw the caramel popcorn, like... In the boil. Yeah. In this case, they didn't actually use... The chocolates. Yeah, they didn't use cho- uh, the actual Frango mints. They used the same mint oil they used for the Frango mints right. in, in the brewing, but not the actual mints themselves. But if, you, if you're if you not familiar, Frango mints is just an institution in the Chicago area. Uh, they yes. were... They were first actually made in Seattle, and then later bought by the the Marshall Fields, Marshall Fields company. company. Bought, bought. I think actually bought the company that made it or something. Anyway, yeah, they, they owned it forever for yeah for a long time, and it just came, became a staple at uh, Marshall Fields to you know go down look at the look at the windows as they're just you know decorated for Christmas and. Go inside yeah. and shop and get your mints and and yeah, yeah. So Marshall Fields had the big you know had a big location on State Street in the Loop, um, and they were famous for having like these Christmas displays in their windows every year. And it was like you know it would it was telling a story all the way around the building as you walk around the block. Um, so it was a, it was a big deal. But yeah, like Fringo Mints was a sh- I, I trust you when you say it was originally a Seattle company. But I, I think the at least everyone I know recognizes that like oh yeah this is a Chicago thing for Marshall Fields because Marshall Fields was, yeah. was a Chicago retail chain mm-hmm. so based out of Chicago and the they kind of like exploded throughout their their reach. Uh, I it wasn't until last year when this was first brewed that I realized that the Frango label was bought by Garrett's because mm-hmm. when uh, Marshall Fields was bought out by Macy's and all the Marshall Fields became Macy's even the one on State Street is, is a Macy's they still have like I think they still have like the Marshall Field like logo on the building obviously but like it everything is Macy's branded mm-hmm. now but they they were selling the Frango mints at their locations but I understand like Macy's found a few years ago they they were looking for like a buyer for the Frango label and found it in, in Garrett's, a Chicago yeah. company. Good place for it to land. Yeah, so it landed back back home in Chicago. I think I think Macy still has um, you know like a rights deal, mm-hmm. so they still sell their own Frango chocolates in their stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Garrett's has the kind of the main you know they're the main owners with the you know the the partnership to have them still. To it, but I, I don't think Macy's had any desire to continue on the Frango yeah. name on their own. Well, yeah, and retail is kind of tough. So right. they're probably yeah, looking for sure. Looking the what assets they had to, right. to capitalize on. I really wasn't familiar with Frango Mints until I met your sister. Right. And uh, your mom, at I think that one of the first Christmases I hung out with, they're like, oh, here's some Frango Mints. And I'm like, right. oh, I don't really know what these are, but... 
Yeah, they're delicious, and I, I've I fell in love with them. And your mom keeps giving them in my stocking year. at Christmas so. every year. So uh, for those not familiar, didn't grow up in the Chicago area. The Frango chocolates are not just mint chocolates. Yeah, uh, and we say and when we say Frango mints, they're we're referring to like the mint chocolate, mint chocolate, yeah. uh, like little um, like mint chocolate little squares, squares, yeah. you know. Um, little cubes. Uh, you'll see it on the label, but that's kind of you know reminiscent of what they actually look like on this you know minted label. They just made into a, like a little person with a face and arms and legs. But that's kind of the like the the shape of it. And so they don't just have like mint chocolate. They have like a lot of other flavors. You know, toffee. You know, raspberry. You know, just kind of regular chocolate and dark chocolate and all these other kind of delicious flavors my family would always uh, get them every year at christmas my dad would call them shopping vitamins he would take me and my sister out shopping for christmas gifts for my mom and we'd always stop at marshall fields and get shopping vitamins and they they would they would sell them in like little four packs too so you get like the really little ones and Mm -hmm. they would and they'd go up from there like bigger and bigger sizes but he we'd always get like the four packs of like whatever is our favorite flavor at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those would be our shopping vitamins, is what <laughs> we called them. So, yeah. yeah, so Frangos for me is just something that I've grown up with and I have a lot of, you know, fond memories of, of you know, around Christmas time getting the Frangos, not just like the mint chocolates, but whatever. I think I would always buy the raspberry ones. So that was my, my go-to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's an interesting concept. I wasn't able to grab any last time around. I think it they they sold out really quickly across the Chicago area last year when it when it was announced. So I was excited to see it back so we can actually try it this year. Yeah. I will also didn't want to steal that story from you, but I, I did get to join in on the shopping vitamins. Yeah, the shopping vitamins. A couple of times uh, when I came to, when I was dating your sister or just after we got married and we'd come in and you were still in college and living at home mm-hmm. uh it was kind of fun to go out and <laughs> it was always a mad dash it's like mom needs this let's yeah go find it uh but let's get some some frangos too <laughs> right well how my dad always shopped for my mom for christmas is he'd ask for her for a list of things that she wanted and then we would go and buy everything on the list and it was more of he asked it was it was like ideas not like these are definitely like i want everything on this list for christmas it was like here are some ideas. There's like six six things that I want. Like, and she was expecting maybe like you know three of the six or whatever. And we'd be like, no, we're gonna we're gonna run around and find <laughs> all six at all the different stores at the mall. And if we can't find one of them, we're gonna replace it with something else that we think she'll like. And so that was that was always christmas shopping with my dad for for my mom so we would go to like a whole bunch of stores <laughs> yep. we're buying you know every we had to get absolutely everything on the list because uh, that's what she wanted even though they were just suggestions <laughs> and she like even if we got like nothing on the list but we got her things that she would like she would have been fine it wasn't like a <laughs> set in stone type of thing but it was like nope these this is what we're getting um every year so that was it was always it was a lot of fun but it always came with you know chocolates that's right you know it always came with candy gotta keep the children happy when you're making a mad dash that's right <laughs> for, for yeah. presents yeah, I think one year was the Wustoff knives. Were you? Yeah. Were you part of that? I was. Dash? That was fun. Yeah. Trying yeah. to find these these Wustoff knives. 
So anyhow, uh, should we talk about? So it came in a, a pint, four pint, four sixteen ounce pint cans. Thank you. <laughs> this is why we're doing half fours. Well, we didn't do a half pour of the IPA, but maybe yeah. we should have. They were seventeen ninety nine at the local liquor store. All right. I would expect that for this beer. I feel like Hot Butcher, their IPAs are in the like fourteen to sixteen dollar range. Mm-hmm. So like this is like a little bit more of a premium from that. So it that's that seems reasonable based on their other price points. Yeah. So uh, yeah, as as Russ was talking about, it's got like a cube of Frango, a Frango mint cube, mm-hmm. Frango mint cube, uh, personified with some arms and legs and it's holding a present yeah it's christmas time yeah i will say so the label is like a really dark green and the mint guy is like a bright green Mm -hmm. and some of them like the frango mint chocolates some of them are like you know milk chocolate color but some of them are like this bright green color so it it does match up with you know with that but the dark green actually matches the box the box when i I think of a frango mint this is the color i think of of the the box yeah the dark green of the label is the color of the box and then the bright green of the of the guy on there is the the color of some of the mint chocolates yeah like i said some of them are the bright green some of them are just the regular chocolate colored so uh it's called it's called minted minted yeah so it says holiday imperial stout brewed with chocolate and frango mint oil and it had some tasting notes cool mint the holidays yeah the holidays and uh creamy chocolate all right so yeah so how about your you haven't come across any of their cans they always have the tasting notes on the label mm-hmm. and it, there's always three like they have here so it's the hop leaf and they they have like three most of the time they're pretty descriptive but every once in a while you get like the you know thing like the holidays <laughs> you know you get like something silly like that which just kind of makes it a little more fun and festive yeah so they, they have a little bit more fun with their labels but i always like you know obviously the being hot butcher they're known for their ipas right um and they're they make in my opinion the best hazy ipas in the city of chicago hands down like there's a lot of places that make really good ones um but consistently i think hot butchers are are the best Mm -hmm. um just across the board and they have a lot of other good beers as well not just their ipas but uh if i get one that i haven't had before or even one that that i i've had but uh i'll like pour it in my glass, and I'll take a few sips, and then I'll look at the can to see if I can pick up like what they're trying to say on the label. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's nice to have like those tasting notes right there for you, ready to go. Yeah, actually, I was researching our beer news, mm-hmm. and I came across the news of this being released again for this year. This is the second year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I should try to get that because you know. It's kind of follows in suit with uh, Garrett's popcorn, whatever. And I know we're we're recording and soon and whatever. And I went online to our local liquor store's website and it didn't even show it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. But then I actually had to pick up the uh, barrel aged Christmas ale this morning, uh, and I was like, well, while I'm there, I'll just see if they have it. And there yeah. it was. And there it was. So, kind of a happy accident. Yeah. Wow, that pours dark. Yeah, it is dark. Yeah, there you go. That is, it is a, dark. Is it is a ten point five ABV stout? So yeah, it's it's gonna pour dark. I was trying to make sure that we had like similar glassware for everything, so I did go with these like l- cute little goose island glasses that 
um, I acquired from Goose Island years and years ago. Did you get a special tasting class at prep day? I did. Nice. Uh, I didn't like this year's class. We don't have to get into that. That's fine. We don't need to. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't super excited about this year's class. We've already talked about prep day, so we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see what, uh, uh, I've only, I've had one other mint stout and the mint definitely like overpowered it. So I'm interested to see how this one works. Yeah, All the reviews but... I heard last year was that like it worked, yeah. it was balanced. It was like really well done. So I'm really excited to try this since I didn't get to try it last year. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pull up Josh Noel's kind of final thoughts on it after we've had a chance. But it doesn't uh, on the nose, like a slight hint of mint, but not a not a lot on the nose. It just smells like a stout. Yeah, I I get chocolatey, a mm-hmm. you know, kind of stout, but yeah, not a lot of just just a little bit of mint on the nose yeah i gotta really inhale to get the mint smell all right should we try it yep cheers roast hmm oh god i like it that's good (laughs) i like it a lot that's pretty good wow the mint only really comes to you on the finish for me like it's really chocolatey up front um it it's a stout for sure up front uh, it doesn't drink super heavy for a 10% stout, I would say. And yeah, it's nice, but like that mint just kind of comes through at the end. It's not overpowering by any means. Well, I mean, for a 10, yeah, but I mean, it's still pretty heavy. Yeah. Mouthfeel, if I could throw out that term, which I hate. But yeah, that mint is starting to come through a little, little more on the second set for sure. Not to get into the weeds on how I'm tasting this beer, but it's a podcast. This is a beer review podcast. I'm pulling in some beer, a sip into my mouth. I'm holding it for a minute, or not, you know, for a second, sure. and then I'm down the hatch. As it's in my mouth at first, I'm getting a lot of the chocolate, but yeah, as it's coming down the throat, that's where I'm really getting the mint. But it's not overpowering. It's I think yeah. it's really good. Yeah, it's on the finish more than on the front end, and like not throughout. It definitely tastes to me a it's, lot. It's reminiscent of a Frango. Yeah. Fringo mint, Fringo, you know, mint chocolate candy. Yeah, they hit the flavor. Yeah. My own personal observation, and it was another thing that I was kind of worried about last year when it came out, I would not want to drink a full can of this by myself. So, like, I'm glad we're splitting it, but, like, the only place I I saw it was at, like, my local beer shop, and it was like, a four-pack, and I was like, I don't want to commit a four-pack to this i wanted one and i wanted to split it with somebody because <laughs> uh, it's a heavier stout i didn't like that mint like i just i don't think i would have enjoyed drinking an entire four pack of yeah. this myself and like i don't know if i could do a full 16 ounce can okay so it's i think hot butcher puts everything in 16 ounce cans so it'd be like maybe now that they have like more production and stuff maybe they will play around with different portion sizes but even like a two-pack of this would be a little bit more like i'd be more interested in getting a two-pack as opposed to a Mm four-pack so i i feel like you could charge ten dollars a two-pack and people would buy it you know it was what 18 Mm 17.99 right yeah so you charge a little bit more for the lesser like per ounce um because i feel like that's just how things go anyways (laughs) right um, so I, th- I think you could charge ten dollars nine eighty nine for a two pack, and you would sell through this. And I think that would be a little bit more approachable for me. Mm-hmm. But all that is to say, like, 
I'm happy that I'm trying it. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think I can do a whole can on my own. I definitely would not want to do a full four pack on my own. Yeah, I I could definitely do a whole can on my own, but one. Well, <laughs> like, we're gonna. I, I wouldn't top you off then. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't drink a more than one per you know sitting. Yeah. But what I'm surprised at is that I'm not just. I don't really have a lot of mint as yeah. I'm sitting here. Like after There's not I, a lot of mint aftertaste. Yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't like linger. If anything lingers, I'm getting kind of a chocolatey-ish taste, which is kind of common with yeah. uh, a stout. Right. I could definitely do one as sort of like a dessert beer on my own. Right. But I definitely wouldn't do four. Yeah. And or or more than or even two. I wouldn't I wouldn't drink two cans in one sitting. But one I think is about the right well, amount for me. I don't know if I do two cans of any stout in one sitting. Yeah. If I'm being honest, like maybe a Guinness, but like that's probably the most. Yeah. Well, Guinness, if you've seen any of the ads during the Notre Dame games, it's it's light Notre on its feet. I don't watch Notre Dame. Well, that's your loss. Actually, it's not. <laughs> they weren't good this year. Hey, you're in Chicago. And More people like year. Notre Dame here than about any other college. Right. Well, I'm from Chicago, the the Chicago area. Like my parents were both grew up in the city. I grew up in the suburbs. Like we don't really have like my experience is you like the college that you have some type of connection to. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't go to college, so there's no like legacy connection for me to any college in the area. Like so, I just. Like I'll watch college football, but I don't really have a care. And like where I Uncle went to Jimmy's parents didn't go to college, and Uncle Jimmy likes the Irish. Does he, or does he just watch it because it's available? No, he he likes the Irish because mm. he's, as he says, I'm a Catholic. I gotta like the <laughs> Irish. Okay, whatever. That was my best Jimmy impression. Like <laughs> I love college basketball because I went to a basketball school. Like we barely had a football team. Like you know, football just wasn't a thing. Where well, I, I mean, I mean, University of Dayton kind of mopped the the field with the Butler Bulldogs in football. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just because they were both in the same Pioneer League, they they played football against each yeah, other. Yeah, they played football against yeah. each other. But like, yeah, Butler was terrible in football when I was there. Yeah. But. They, like, Dayton wasn't significantly better. Yeah, Dayton was, well, I don't know. Well, I'm a few years older than you are, but Dayton was always, like, a powerhouse in the, air quote, Pioneer League, which is not a... Anyway, this isn't a football podcast. I feel like there were other schools that were always the powerhouse when I was there. It was, like... I think like Jacksonville was always a big one. It was it's a really weird conference when when I was there. It was the conference for uh, basketball schools that needed to have a football team or something. It was, yeah, so it was like D one schools. If you wanted uh, to play D one basketball, you had to have like a well, they're D one and everything else, not just yeah. basketball, but they're D one and everything else. Yeah. But they didn't give scholarships for football, right? Did you do you you have? Butler didn't give any scholarships. I don't know. One of my classmates it was on the football team is the head coach of the Chargers. He was the quarterback. Oh. He, he graduated, I think, the same year as I did. So um, Brandon Staley? Yeah. He was the quarterback? Yeah. I thought he was, he was a defensive coach before that, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was the quarterback okay. at Dayton. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. But yeah. It, yeah. I don't know if he got a scholarship or not. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Sure. I mean... 
I'm just saying, no one should brag about being a powerhouse in the Pioneer League, number one. And number two, like, it's not, college football is not important to me because I didn't go to a football school and uh, I don't have, you know, a football school lineage. That's fine. So. I was just thinking of the, uh, you were talking about Guinness. No, oh, yeah. Which, they're, this season they have this ad campaign with actually, I think they even have cans now of Guinness with the Notre Dame logo on it. Okay. And they're a sponsor of Notre Dame football. And they've got uh, Joe Montana on the commercials. And he's sitting in a bar and with a few younger I, guys, probably even like our age. So sure. We're not particularly young. And uh, they have no idea who he is. And he orders a Guinness and is like, why are you getting a Guinness? And he's like, oh, well, it's... And he goes into the, and it's like it's light. It's surprisingly light on its feet, which is what. Okay, sorry. This is long. We'll edit this part out. I hope so. <laughs> our our XXO podcast holiday extravaganza is already going really long with the three beers, and you know we've had a lot of digressions along the way. Should should we read what Josh Noel? said about it yeah let's read what josh noah said okay. about it for his review this was and again this is like a year ago and then we can move on to beer news it said uh minted's aroma is promising undeniably mint and chocolate forward but restrained by a bold roasty note the taste fortunately follows suit a beer nodding to frango mints can only work through balance and minted pulls it off a silky chocolate mint note up front that's never overbearing and gives way to a long roasty bittersweet chocolate finish that lingers surprisingly long as long as the mint it is thankfully not liquid dessert and for that reason probably won't wow non-stout drinkers i don't know i think it kind of lingers a little but not the mint, the mint. not the mint but the well rest he of said it. the chocolate is what lingers yeah. and lingers with the mint yeah so okay i think that's pretty accurate yeah. like again we're drinking this a year after his review, so it's a different version than what he was drinking. I think it's still true to what we have. Mm-hmm. I think it's super well executed. I don't think you can do a mint stout any better than this. I think mint is a really tricky flavor to put in beer, to put in anything, and not have it like overpower. And uh, I think this works really well. And I'm talking to someone that likes mint, like mint chocolate chip ice cream is like my favorite ice cream. Like mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy mint and chocolate together. And I was unsure of how much I would like it in a beer, but it works really well in this beer. Yeah, I like it a lot. I should say, when I when I brought this in today, I walked in the door, and I kind of thought Tiffany was going to get a little upset, because I'm like, well, I got two beers for the podcast today. She was actually, when she found out it was the minted, she was like practically jumping. She was excited. Okay, <laughs> so maybe she'll listen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> No. Well, you should tell your friends, but my wife isn't going <laughs> to... Tell your friends to listen, but my wife won't listen. Right. The good news, I guess, is that you have three other beers for her to drink. That's true. So. I think she'll like it. Yeah. But then, again, she's kind of hard to pinpoint. She likes some things and not others. Yeah. What are you going to do? She just likes better beers than you do. <laughs> she likes sours. Right. Exactly my point. Sours are delicious. Do the sours have the all four E's, though? Yes. Eh, all right, fine. I guess they're beer. They are beer. It's not like there's there's nothing missing of the 40s in a sour. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on the minted? 
Is it uh, too soon to do final? No, thoughts? we get let's let's we can move on to beer news. This has been a long podcast already, so we can X X X X. It is it is our holiday extravaganza. Extravaganza is with three X's too. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna it's our gonna... XXL holiday extravaganza. That's gonna be the title of the podcast too. Yeah. So. Well, that might get us in some other circles that we might not want to be in if we do three X's. Oh, will that be bad? <laughs> I mean, I know this like, episode is not triple X rated. No, but like, if you have the L on there, does that make it? I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> it just occurred to me. This just took a left turn. <laughs> This whole this whole time we've been promoting these three X's and then all of a sudden we realize what we've been doing. My God, what have I done? <laughs> it took us three beers to get here. But they're kind of heavier beers. Maybe nobody else will notice. <laughs> I, I think people might notice. So what are your final thoughts on, on Minted? <laughs> it's good. I enjoy it. They hit the flavor yeah. of, uh, of just your standard milk chocolate mint frango i i can only do one can if i did more i couldn't do more than one but it's a very good uh, he said i think he said not a dessert beer but i think it's definitely a dessert beer i understand why he would say not a dessert beer because it's not overly sweet the chocolate and mint but it it they hit the flavor profile but not the sweetness yeah of a frango mint that's true or even like a mint chocolate chip ice cream or something like that or like you expect that that sweetness it's not overly sweet. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what really saved this, saves this beer a that's lot. That's true. Yeah. So that's why it's not, why he, I would agree that's not a dessert beer. I would say I couldn't do a half a can. I don't know if I could, uh, or I can do a full can. I'm kind of struggling at this point to get through half. That mint is actually starting to compound on my palate a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm just not, I'm just kind of, it's kind of wearing me down. Wow. To be honest. Like, I really like it. I think maybe even six ounces is a good amount for this. What size are these glasses? Uh, you can fit eight okay. into there. If you go up to the brim, it's best with at six ounces, probably. But mm-hmm. you can, you can, if you go right up to the tippy top, it's a, it's eight. Which is about where you poured it. Um, yeah, I did a little bit yeah. below. So there was a, there was, there's a little bit left in the can that I topped this off on. Yeah. So we're, yeah, I just, I don't know. I like it. I don't love it. You're not going to get it again. I would not get it again. All right. So, but you're glad you tried it. I, I'm very glad I tried it because I was really wanting to try it last year and just, you know, for all the reasons I talked about, didn't get around to it so lot quickly. And the one that I saw was like, I don't know if I want to commit a four pack. Yeah. So, well, of the three we've had today, which one did you like the most? Like, which one are you going to go? Yeah, I don't know. What do you like it, the most? It's I'm not going to say which one you'd buy again because my answer would change. That's fair. Um, I would say my favorite that I drank was the Barrel Aged Christmas Ale. Yeah. I think we drank them in the order of my how much I enjoyed them. Okay. Uh, so, like, Barrel Aged Christmas Ale, one, ten, two, minted three. I think, to your point, I would probably buy ten before the Barrel Aged Christmas Ale because of the price point. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just easier drinking yeah like you can have one or two and be fine whereas i don't know if i would jump into two of the barrel aged christmas ales fair so. yeah now i'm i'm about the same way the the barrel aged christmas ale was to me the 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 star of our review yeah. i don't know the other two it's hard it's a toss-up because they're just so different right um, what well, all like three of these have been extremely different yeah that's true i don't know i kind of like the minted a little more but i 
I agree the tent is more drinkable. Yeah. So I don't know. If I'm at a par- if I'm over here, if you what uh you're not hosting anything this Christmas, are you? With us? I don't know. We might do Christmas Eve because we were gonna do Thanksgiving oh. and then didn't. Oh, so oh because you're gonna switch with your mom? Maybe. Okay. Nothing's been decided if yet. If I'm over here for Christmas Eve and you have tend in your cooler, I'm gonna drink it. Right. I like that. That was good. Yeah. So um you clearly won't have minted. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I don't know. They're just so so different. I'm glad I, I got the minted. I don't know if I'd buy it again. Yeah. So I guess as I'm thinking aloud and kind of debating with my own self, I think you're right. I think the tend is a little better. Yeah. Well, the tend is like more like a regular beer. Yeah. Too. It's a, it's a beer that we would drink and, and go to. The minted is like, this is a really specialty one-off type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, if I was a hot butcher, I'd run it back because of all the press and positive uh, reviews and everything that they had the first time around and the fact that it sold out super quick mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, like, it was it was gone, like, quicker than... As they've, uh, as they've like, grown, they've increased production and it used to be they did self-distro. So, like, you'd have to get to the your beer store the day that the hot butcher was dropped in order to get it. Mm-hmm. And over the last, you know, couple of years, that hasn't been the case. It sits on the shelf for... Um, a few days to a week or so, like the, it'll still all be gone pretty quickly or within a few weeks, but like nothing really sits like longer than a couple weeks, but you don't necessarily have to rush out. But for this, it was gone like in an instant. Yeah. So it was good to get it and try it. And I was really excited to try it. Some of my reservations, I feel like did kind of, I don't know if it was like I was looking for them, but like, I, I think a half can is is good yeah so hopewell has their little buddy which is oh. a hellas lager yeah in like eight ounce cans mm-hmm. put this in an eight ounce can yeah and crush it there's another brewery saint Arant, that used to do little eight ounce cans of like pastry stouts and that was perfect too with the aluminum shortage they did away with those and it hasn't come back the way that little buddy went away when the aluminum shortage hit and, that, and but that came back like the saint Arant's little stout cans hasn't come back yet but i was like oh eight ounces of a pastry stout it's like the perfect one person pour mm-hmm. like you just pour it in your glass you're good to go with your eight ounces of a 10 percent pastry stout it's mm-hmm. sweet you know has all the flavors or whatever you're happy with your eight ounces you're not wasting anything you're good to go i feel like this would work in that format but it's not really the hot butcher format and also like to scrunch down this cool little <laughs> frango mint guy that would be a crime <laughs> to make him smaller yeah he needs to be big in his glory here front and center yeah he's he's terrific i i will say hot butcher has excellent artwork I love all our artwork, and uh, yeah, this is no exception. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, now that we've finished our record-breaking third beer review, what beer news can we follow that up with on our holiday extravaganza? Well, first off, kudos to anyone who followed us this long to get to get through <laughs> three beer reviews and several sidetracks. Um, you know, Captain Planet and Prop Day and. You know, how reminiscing for the holidays with Mike and Russell on you know holiday shopping. So well, we got to give people you know our our people their money's worth. That's true. And we're probably gonna go on a hiatus for a little bit. So we well, gotta we'll, leave them. We'll get through the holidays. And we'll pick something up in you know January, February again. <laughs> Just for anyone who's really following our calendar, <laughs> we'll, we'll re- <laughs> this is our last episode before the holidays. It's because it's our. 
holiday XXL extravaganza. XXXL. XX. Oh, wait, we can't do three X's? XL. XXXL. I was doing an X for each. Right, review. Free, free spear. But then you made me feel like it was naughty. We're just going to roll it at this point. We can't go back. We're not going... It's too late. The only way is forward. <laughs> at this point, we just embrace it. Just own it. It's our XXXL X- holiday, holiday Christmas, Christmas extravaganza. extravaganza. Okay. Yeah. Extravaganza should be spelled with three X's as we well. We will, yeah. All right. We'll make that happen. Okay. So, the beer news that we have on our holiday extravaganza comes from an article from NBC New York Channel 4. On your side. Action News. Oh, Action News. I don't know Sorry. Right. Oh, what? They could be on your side. They could be Action News. The headline is, NYC has the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, but another New York City has a keg tree. <laughs> so this is published today. December 1st, um, at, as of the recording of this podcast, so if anyone was wondering, we're recording this on December 1st. The subheader is, one of the trees is a holiday icon known across the country, the other is certainly unique. So, Genesee Brewing in Rochester has a keg tree to pay homage to the brewery and the 600 plus employees who work there. It was built by brewery employees and retirees, the keg tree stands three stories high consists of 532 kegs and has over 30,000 holiday lights. Wow. And they were lighting it up two days after the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree was lit. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. The pictures are great, too. You, I don't know if we'll link to a, to the article, but if you can find it, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's a really cool-looking tree, you know, with the kegs and they're just lit up with all the, you know, Christmas lights and, and everything. So we have... Uh, the brand director for Genesee, Jamie Polisoto, says, There's nothing more Rochester than thousands of people gathering to light up a keg tree and drink cold beer in December. <laughs> she goes on to say, The Genesee keg tree lighting includes a huge party with beer trucks, food trucks, and a tree that flashes along to holiday music. It's become a highly anticipated tradition that signals the start of the holiday season. If you're in the Rochester area... Uh, go and take a look at that keg tree because it looks pretty fantastic. I, I honestly would rather go see that than the giant Rockefeller Center tree. That was going to be my question. Which would you rather go see? Would you rather go to, and you got to take into account location. Would you rather go to Rochester, New York and okay. see a keg tree or New York City and see the Rocke- Rockefeller Center tree? But that's the only thing you do. That's the only thing yeah. you get to do? Yeah, because you got to keep it... Apples to apples. Like, you're literally flying in, getting in an Uber, going to see the tree, taking a few pictures around the tree, and getting in the Uber, going back to the airport, and flying home. So those, in uh, whatever location you go to. Uh, I'd probably rather do the keg tree. If, Same. If it's just to see the tree. Yeah. Because obviously, like, we've both been to New York. It's it's a thing. Like, it, yeah. it, I, I didn't expect New York to feel how it did with, like, the whole... New York vibe, like, I was like, I I worked in downtown Chicago, like, I know what a big city is like, but, like, New York is a, is a separate thing entirely. Um, maybe it's East Coast, maybe it's the size, maybe it's both, like, maybe it's everything all combined, but, like, New York was definitely a, a completely separate feeling to it, and just, like, seeing the city and all that, it was great, but if I'm just seeing one tree, I don't want to see the keg tree. Yeah. Well, they've got the 
beer you can drink while you're there. Right. I don't know if Rock Center really has a brewery right there probably or not. selling beer. And if it is, it's probably more expensive because you're in New York. Yeah, and it's probably like Bud Light or whatever, you know. It's like, hey, here's a Bud Light. Enjoy this giant tree. It could be, could be the Brooklyn, uh, what is I that? guess the Brooklyn Lager. Brooklyn Lager, That's yeah. fine. It was, it was good when it we were there. It was good when we were there. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, New York City, I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of had this feeling that I was going to hate New York City. Like, well... I went in with an open mind. I kind of hated New York City. And since I've been there, I must say, I get the hype. Like, mm-hmm. it lives up to the hype. Yeah. I, I was like, people can't be... It's got to be overhyped. Because any, anytime somebody's like goes overboard and says something so great, I'm like, cynical. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, I agree. I would rather, if it was just... Flying, transport to, enjoying the scene, transport back to the airport and coming home. Yeah, definitely the keg. The keg tree would win. Yeah. So uh, it was interesting. uh, So Genesee, according to the article, is the oldest brewery in New York State. Hmm. And they they last held the big event in 2019, probably because of COVID reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, But 7,000 people attended. So that's that's a pretty big event. Yeah. And they they have a flagship cream ale that they put a, a holiday spin and make a cinnamon cream mm-hmm. ale, and they call it the keg tree ale, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, they they do just for the annual event. They said that there's also a giant custom built wooden sled built by the Genesee Carpentry team that you can climb inside for photo ops. And then in this article, there's a a stats breakdown, <laughs> which is phenomenal. So they have the Rockefeller tree and the Genesee keg tree. They have location, Manhattan versus Rochester, number of lights, the Rockefeller tree, 50,000, Genesee tree, only 30,000. Height, the Rockefeller tree, 82 feet, Genesee tree, only 30 feet. But here's where we... <laughs> this here, is where here's, it here's, tilts the other way. It tilts the other way yeah. significantly. Number of kegs, the Rockefeller tree, Zero. Zero. Genesee tree, 532. Oh, yeah. 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 And then number of beers served at tree lighting. Uh, Rockefeller tree, not known, probably not significant to count, <laughs> is the implication. And then at the Genesee keg tree, 10,000 plus. Yeah. So, like, definitely those last ones tilt heavily in the Genesee tree's favor. And I appreciate that stats breakdown because it makes it just. Makes me hype to go there. Yeah, it paints a good picture. Yeah, one of my mom's favorite beers is the Genesee Cream Ale. Well, there you go. So, did she try the holiday one? The keg tree ale. I don't think she has. We gotta go and get some for her. Then. I think I think we should put it on our bucket list yeah. to go to the tree lighting at Genesee Brewery. Yeah, I think that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, this has been a great extravaganza. Yeah, XXL. XXXL. Yeah, yeah, I keep shortchanging us. XXXL. Yeah. Our holiday Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> Sounds like a used car commercial. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> We've had three beers. Uh, I'm feeling the f- all three of them. 
every ounce. But it's been a great, uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. And we've had barrel-aged Christmas ale by from Great Lakes. Great Brewing. Lakes. We had Half Acre Tend. Tend. D. Like tending a fire. And Hot Butcher for the World. Minted. Minted. The way you said it, you're like, and Hot Butcher's for the world here. <laughs> no. It is. The full name of the brewery is Hot Butcher for the World. Right. Yes. Yeah. Got to put that pause in the right spot. Okay. Yeah, I guess Hot Butcher for the World. <laughs> that's not a good, that's not a good pause, though. So. Or Hop Butcher for the World. <laughs> Also not a good pause. I'm going to laugh at just about anything you say right now. <laughs> I know. Hopefully you're drinking three beers along with us. Please. Please do. And while you're drinking those and listening, tell your friends about our podcast. Give us a five-star review and leave anything. And if it's five stars, Russell will read it. Yeah, more than likely. Especially if I'm at the end of three beers, <laughs> then I probably will, for sure. And when we say read it, we mean read it on the podcast, not like... He's going to read it while he's taking a dump. I might do that, too. I mean, he would. But, like, we're actually going to put it on the podcast. Yeah. So, we hope you guys have a, a happy Merry Christmas. And happy Holidays. Whatever. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Enjoy this season. Happy New Year. Yeah. Hug the people you're closest to. Again, follow us on Instagram at 4 Podcast. I'll have pictures up of everything we're drinking. Again, subscribe on all the platforms. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Don't think about beer. Don't think about beer. Don't think about beer.